listening to the Food Talk Show. Um, hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half an hour or so we're going to be talking about all things food, drink and sex. Yeah, I think, I think basically what's going to happen is Sue's going to struggle to keep it together. This, uh, basically, if I give you the signal, that means so we need to take over. Okay, because right, I'm, I'm just, ready. I'm going to get the better of Ollie Lloyd during this programme, no. uh, who is my fellow presenter and founder of Great British Chefs. Hey. You're looking forward to this programme. I can't wait. It's been a very short programme. I only last about and a minute. Don't walk out. <laughs> and I'm um, Holly Shackleton, who's editor of Speciality Food magazine. Hello. Hello. Hi. We're quite looking forward to this, aren't we? I oh, know, it's going to be a good one. I think we could gang up on Ollie because it's um, all women in the studio, <laughs> apart yeah. from Ollie today. Um, I'm joined by Maria Whitehead of Hawkshead Relish. Hello. Thank you for coming all the way down from Cumbria. Thank yeah, you so much. Welcome. And uh, Sarah Ali Chowdhury. Hi. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Okay. So um, when, I'm not going to say what we're going to talk about. I'm going to okay. keep it under wraps for a minute. Just for a minute. Um, yeah, just to, um, yeah, put... put Ollie on edge. Um, and, and we're going to jump straight into Cumbria and the Lake District, if that's all right, Maria. Yeah, fine. So um, if anybody's not been to the Lake District National Park, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, they don't know what they're missing, do they? It's one of the Absolutely. most beautiful places in the UK. Yeah, yeah. It's, Beautiful, it's beautiful Especially place. the summertime, you know, it's it's green, it's raining. <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's beautiful. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, it's not raining all the time. That's no. a misnomer. But it's also closer than you think. Yeah. The train up. Two and a half hours. Yeah, you see, yeah. and, and I think it's from London. It's, it's yeah. actually amazing. It is beautiful. And it's, it's nearly two and a half thousand square kilometres of lakes, fells, mountains, the most beautiful walks you can imagine. Absolutely. There's something... I think for everybody, um, you mm. know, you've got lowlands and Water you've sports. got the high mountains yeah. and, um, you know, people that don't particularly want to be outdoors. There's loads of indoor mm. um, museums and uh, lovely little uh, shops, villages with lots of independent shops, yeah. not, not all the mainstream ones. So. And um, and it lies entirely within Cumbria. Absolutely. Uh, the county. Um, all the land in England higher than 3,000 feet um, above sea level lies within the national park. Yes. So anywhere that's high is there. That, that's that's the best place to go. Yes. This is in England, of course, not yes. not, not not in Wales. Um, <laughs> or and, Scotland. Or Scotland. Mm-hmm. And Scarfell Pike, which I've been up a couple of times, is beautiful. I can Absolutely see beautiful. the top of it from uh, my can patio you? at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's an actually gorgeous place. But I do think, um, and I don't know whether you agree with this, Maria, but Cumbrian food is is like a, a one of the best kept secrets, isn't it? It is. I think we've been we've been very good at keeping it to ourselves over the last twenty odd years, mm. um, but it's starting to break through into people's psyche now. And um, certainly, um, there was uh, the butchers have brought down the Herdwick lamb and mutton. Um, and that's that's really sort of taken the interest, piqued the interest of, of chefs um, here in London. But also, um, you know, things like Grasmere gingerbread and ourselves and um, sticky toffee pudding and Kendall lots mint of cake. Kendall mint cake. Mm. There's, there's a lot of um, and gin, heritage. Dams and gin, in, in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, I'm actually quite a fan of Woodall's. Who, oh, who, yeah, who the make... Cumberland sausage and, and 
and, and the air dried hams. Fantastic air dried hams at a time when nobody else really did. Well, that's they're part of the story of why we started doing what we're doing. Okay, well, should we definitely come on to that? <laughs> um, in terms of the the, the, the Herdwick lamb, um, also. Um, I think there's some great ice cream that comes out of Cumbria and Lancashire, in mm. fact. Yeah. And that's because it does rain so much. The gra- <laughs> but the grass, the grass is, very is superb. Yes. Yeah. And therefore, there are some great cheeses that, are, that come out of the, yeah. the, the region. And that, that's more of a, a burgeoning industry, really, mm. in Cumbria. That's that's just um, starting out. It, it's it's um, becoming a lot more um, interesting um, to see what's being developed at the moment. Yeah. And of course, Cumberland Sausage. Like yeah. roundy, uh, like roundy thing. Love them. Do you? Yeah. Quite spicy. Yeah, yeah. spicy. Um, and then tell me about um, sticky toffee pudding, because Cartmel sticky toffee to- pudding is sort of somewhat famous. Yes. That's quite Cumbrian, even though obviously it, it it's is. served think, in all sorts of places. Um, for me, that the, the most authentic original one was made by Don Tovey at Miller Howe. And... Um, he he put lots of dates and mm. um, and things. So it, for me, that that recipe's um, the the most original. Yeah, because um, when I first made it myself and it got dates in it, I was a bit shocked mm. actually. But it's it's part well, of well, yeah, it's almost yeah. like chocolate. It's part just, of the recipe. Yeah, yeah. and then um, do you remember Cowmire Hall? Yes. Dams and gin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic Dams <laughs> and gin. That was. What program was it? I can't remember. Um, was she on? particular program and just yeah. got a little bit drunk drinking it because it was just so amazing this dams and, <laughs> dams and gin fabulous yeah. really fabulous yeah. um, and we make our own at home it's <laughs> got to be done it's got it to, be done. to be done yeah. um, and then Kendall mint cake which mm. I have to say is not my favourite mm. Um, what's do you know the story behind that? Um, what, what I is don't. That about? I don't. I mean, there's I know a lot of walkers product, actually will carry that with yeah, them because it's literally like eating icing it, sugar. It's just sugar flavoured with peppermint, really. It's delicious. Mm. Um, mm. And do, I think like it's a bit it? like marmite, isn't it? It's one of those things. Yeah, you know, no, I love it or it's just a sugar, but, but it's also it's about it's about memory. I think. Yeah, it's, it's it? that, yeah. for me, it's like one of the things you taste. And look, I'm sure if you walked on some of the street and said, "Here's here's something to try," people might not disgusting, but actually. On a walk in yeah. the context of sort of a rainy yeah, British absolutely. walk, and you need that burst Actually, of energy. Yeah. yeah, something to kind of add another yeah. dimension to your wetness. They do make um, a, a Kendall mint liqueur now as well. Oh, do they? It's a vivid green colour, wow. and that's uh, that's quite interesting. Mm, sounds, <laughs> I'm sure, it's interesting. So, so we, we, you know, surrounded by all this beauty uh, mm. and 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 actually quite a good um, food tradition, food and drink tradition in Cumbria. Um, then you've got a, a sort of 16th century barn uh, on the edge of um, Esfite Water. Why did you suddenly go into doing relishes doing 20 these. years ago? Um, well, we had a restaurant um, in Hawkshead and um, we would use Woodall's meats and sausages. Um, and it, we talked on the menu very much about the provenance of where our meat and our cheese and everything was coming from um but we couldn't find any condiments that we could actually shout about um what that were local that were uh, local, local produce, or that yeah. weren't full of preservatives or additives or mm. flavorings or mass produced for the catering industry um and so my husband mark decided he would um, start making some, and the first one he did was the Westmoreland chutney. I was going to say because I've definitely had that before, here. and that um, that harks back to um, ingredients that were coming into Cumbria in, back in uh, medieval times. You had um, 
ships coming into the west coast ports, Workington and, and Whitehaven and Maryport. Oh, I love that. And, it, and they were bringing in rum, they were bringing in dried fruit, they were bringing in demerara sugar and obviously lots of spices. So all of these wonderful ingredients were coming in back in the day and we were selling and shipping out masses of wool. And Hawkshead was a really important woolen trading town um, for um, for the area. And so the heritage then of these uh, products, um, really, we looked at, at combining all of those traditional flavours and putting them into a into a farmhouse chutney. So it is, it's dates, it's prunes, it's apricots, um, lots of spices, real layers of flavour. Mm. Yeah. Sarah, what do you think? Oh, God, it's really nice. Isn't it? It's, it's like really deep and... Yeah. It always it always feels like naval, as in as in you know the the, the navy, yes. as in as in ships are coming yeah. in and they're bringing all these things yeah. from abroad, all these Rich exciting and, you yeah. know things from yeah. abroad, and then then making this amazing chutney. What do you think, mm. Holly? So that I was the it. first. Give me some more. The first one um, <laughs> that we yeah. made, um, and people started to ask for a jar to take away with them mm. in the cafe and. Uh, so that led us to making some more and then we made some jams and uh, sauces and more Just and more. Just forgot the restaurant, and, didn't you, really? And the, in the end, the restaurant had to go and make space for, for, for doing these. The biggest catalyst for us was um, 2001 when the foot and mouth epidemic hit uh, the area. And we were just starting out with, with um, the Hawkshead Relish and all of a sudden, um, we had no customers um, coming into the shop or into I mean, the I, cafe. Don't, I really don't think people in in the city environment understood the Not effect at all. of foot and mouth. The, the it was impact devastating. Was, was so many businesses shocking. We'd, we'd, yeah. we'd bought the business, so we had a huge um, loan out to the bank and. Um, People were advised not to go to the countryside, and they didn't. And we we had day after day after day with no customers coming into the cafe, and we were literally panicking that that was the end. We lived upstairs. Um, the bank would would you know potentially take the property from us. Um, we just thought the end was was there. Really, as did so many other businesses, yeah. and so many businesses yeah. did actually go yeah. under. Um, but you managed to survive. You've now got a shop. Yes, very successful shop actually. Yes, it? which my eldest daughter helps to run. So, 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 in a way, what you've done is you've now got so many of these varieties. Yeah. Um, There's you, over you, you, I know you become an institution in your own right, haven't you? Yeah, we have. I think um, it, trouble is that Mark keeps coming up with new recipes and new ideas. You've got two new ones there. You've got the um, so roasted tasting, vegetable. Um, I'm just tasting which, bloody Mary chutney. Bloody Mary chutney. Wow. Yes. Yeah. To use the vodka theme from last week. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so the the bloody mary chutney mm. is a is a favorite of somebody famous isn't it yes yeah we had a visit a, a very special visit um earlier this summer with um prince charles and um he was quite keen on the, on the bloody mary we do a we do a ketchup as well as a, a chutney um that's bloody mary and he was a big fan of that so I think it must be a tipple of choice of his. Westmoreland, sorry, Westmoreland chutney still better than that one. I'm, I'm now going to taste the black garlic mm. pickle. Mm. Um, Holly, you've just tasted this. What's your thoughts? It's incredible. I love the spicing in it. Yeah, there's quite a lot of chilli. Well, there's a bit of chilli and quite a lot of coriander. Mm. That's going to be that right one. up your street, Ollie. Mm. Black garlic pickle. It's really good. Mm. It's the richness of all mm. of them. They're yeah. so deep. and Yeah. 
gorgeous. They are very deep. And I think mm. the key is that we always have um, a a thing about not overcooking um, our products too much. So they've still got that vibrancy of flavour mm. and colour. And they don't all just end up a grotty brown colour. Mm. Um, and do you do you um, you know do you contract these out or do you make it all no, yourself? No, we make everything in that. So, so you can really control yeah. the, yeah. the oh, quality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So so you can just hear a bit of sort of passing around, passing around on the yeah. table there. And and the reason why Ollie's got very very excited is he just tasted the black garlic pickle. But then you've got another sort of addition to that. See, I'm I, I always struggle with like? pickles. I just because the style of cooking I do is just not very pickle friendly, um, but ketchups and sauces. So this is black garlic ketchup. ketchup. Yeah, you got see, quite excited, I'm, I'm quite excited about, about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I might like be that. able to help you out because um, later this year I'm right. I've got a book coming out, mm. which is um, based basically oh, really it's, it's nice. telling mm. our story, but it's also um, sixty recipes to use our products in your cooking in the cooking rather than just to have them. Mm with something as an accompaniment. Um, yeah, and I think so. that works really well in terms of, you know, actually layering additional... Yeah. I mean, I do yeah. that a lot with sort of more of the sort of, I suppose, Middle Eastern style, yes. you know, using yeah. tapenades and using, you know, all that kind of, mm. you know, harissa. But you know that black stuff. garlic ketchup? That that would work well in that sort of North African cooking. Yeah, it would. Because, mm. because it's got that, that oh, yeah, tartness putting, and that... Putting that yeah. with a lamb. Pomegranate molasses. Yeah. And pomegranate kind of molasses, that's what it feels it? like. Yeah. yeah, That with lamb would be phenomenal. Yeah. It's nice at breakfast. You're not having it. Um, hey, look, there's someone, there's someone running over there. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> it's really mm. nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Maybe that's maybe that's how I change up my pickle, my use of pickles. Yeah. Just, I find they get sort of stranded in the fridge on well, that shelf of well, doom. Well, this is this is my thinking shelf. is that every everywhere I go, people say I've got a cupboard full or I've got a fridge full of of. Um, sauces and condiments and and so my plan is to free them and get people using them in in different ways so mm. we do a fig and orange jam and it and it makes a fantastic salad dressing mm. um or a glaze for, for duck or, or yeah. ham mm. so you know there's there's lots of really simple ideas mm. that you can look in your cupboard and see what you've got and, and use them in different ways well that's true it's true i I'm, i would I sort of lean, I lean away from buying more pickles because I just know they're going to end up on that shelf of doom. Yep. And the thing is then they don't taste as they should because they've been mm. kept too long. Yeah. Mm. Um, and as you, as you say, they've either got in smaller jars uh, or, or we've got to find um, more interesting more ways uses, of using them. Yeah. But it's also, I think, you know, we've got to acknowledge that the UK has become more international mm. in its style of cooking. And, you know, we're, you know, while not every household has its, you know, selection of, you know, crazy ingredients, for, you know, mm. actually the reality is people do have more and more international stuff in their yes. cupboards and actually they are cooking less and less British food yes, which absolutely. you know which leads itself to kind of a pickle on the side with a roast yeah. meat oh, you know, but, so. but you can change a dish from being Indian to North African to Middle Eastern just by the addition of a spoonful of, of mm. uh, you know the right product mm. yeah now in front of me here, which is something you very kindly gave to me a couple of months ago is um, hawk's head radishes Worcester sauce mm. now we all know Liam Perrins is 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 the go-to. Mm. How are you going to challenge that brand? I mean, well, it's quite difficult because everybody um, knows Liam Perrins, but this is absolutely. This is, this is nice, isn't it? It's it's, it's not quite as sharp as Liam Perrins. No, it's not. Um, so it's a much softer um, mix, but also it it is vegetarian. It's vegan. Um, 
and it's gluten-free, and Liam Perrins isn't any of those. So, because doesn't um, Liam Perrins have anchovies in or something? Yes, right? yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it's yeah. not vegan. It tastes a bit kind of sorry. It tastes a bit fresher. It's yeah. not just a bit lighter yeah. and yeah, like you lighter. said, like it and again, been I think it, it's, for hours yeah, and that, hours. that's the key. Is, mm. is we we um, we always use fresh spices and we roast and grind them as we're going to make whatever mm. it is that day. So the smell in the morning around our uh, production is just amazing <laughs> and uh, I sometimes wonder if the sheep that live in the field next door are going to taste really good because of all the <laughs> stuff the, the onions and garlic or and everything intimidated. <laughs> yeah absolutely so so you've got 120 relishes pickles and preserves now and, and they're all handmade in yes. small batches you still use traditional open pans yes yeah big uh, ones but yes and for me um <clears throat> god it's gone down the wrong way um I think that gives it that richness and that depth. Because mm. it doesn't taste mass-produced somehow. Mm. It's really deep flavours. No, I mean, I think Sue's Su- <coughs> quietly dying over here. I mean, I know, I totally agree. I think, it's, you know, you've got a really authentic artisanal product and actually it becomes increasingly hard. That's fine when you're mm. doing small volumes and you're doing, you know, three or six or ten things, but 120, you're pulling them off, is kind of extraordinary. Yeah. But these things also last quite a long time, don't they? They do. They, I mean, they've got two, two years at least uh, yeah. shelf life. So, uh, so they will, they will keep, and and some things like the Westmoreland chutney, it will improve. Mm. Um, you know, if if we've made it today, I wouldn't want to eat it for a good five weeks, six weeks. Right. Okay. Um, so, what's the thing about you know? You take the lid off. Mm. Should you then put stuff in the fridge, or is that just a because it's quite a high sugar content? In, in theory, you should, but I, right. I very I never do, do either. Um, so, so, so if I did take the lid off, how yeah. I know I, I'm not holding you to it legally <laughs> um, but can you literally just keep it in a cupboard yeah, uh, until yeah. you just it, look at it and go if it's not particularly hot I'm not sure then, I'm, I'm, um, I like the look of that anymore yeah, and then I'll, I mean, I'll, it's I'll not use it but... if, you, if you take the lid off and it's all green yeah. and furry and it's bubbling away then yeah, don't don't eat it <laughs> great <laughs> but, but if it's none of those things then it should know, be fine it should be fine yeah Yeah. Um, and and um, say with 120 you've got 50 great taste awards which is a stunning 60, I think it's up to 60, 60 something now yeah, I mean that's a stunning achievement with with that range it's Unbelievable. Mm. Mm. That's a and lot of taste it, awards. It's um, it is, but we're we're always wanting to look for the for something different. And um, the black garlic uh, is a case in point. You know that um, I was on a, a, a UKTI DIT trip to Japan, and I came across a, a jar of the black garlic cloves. Didn't know what they were, but I knew Mark would be interested in them. Um, so I bought a book jar and brought it back and it sat in our fridge for I don't know how long. And we kept opening it and saying, oh, it tastes really good, but I don't really know what to do with it. And um, in the end, Mark said, well, I think it would make a really good ketchup. So he set about developing it. It took him um, a good eight or nine months to to get it where we were happy with the mm. um, the combination of flavours and things um, and to bring it to market. So it's been out now for two years and it's now at the top of our bestsellers list and, mm. and from day one Westmoreland Chutney has been the top of our list and that is just running away with it um, because it's different and, mm. and there isn't anything else and like it's a it ingre- I mean I think what's interesting is but I think really the Chutney nice. market is quite staid and quite yes. boring yeah. and actually if you you know I sort of look at it in you know your classic farm shop and you sort yeah. of go oh. they're all the same yeah 
flavours. And actually, so to bring in something trendy like black garlic yeah. is actually really interesting. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it's sorry. I was going to say it's absolutely perfect timing, yeah. isn't it? And for this morning, I was in Ottolenghi and I saw that he had black garlic cloves yes. kind of in the deli section yeah. and it's something that people are a lot more familiar with absolutely you know it's when people start using it on MasterChef and mm. and it starts to get people interest, interested yeah, yeah. In, in what it is mm. I mean um but it's also a clever ingredient because it's it is actually garlic it is garlic right? yeah it's and just, therefore actually the familiar. fact that it's you yeah. know it's familiar but yeah. it's, you know, it's sort of the blood orange equivalent. It kind yes. of it should have an easy journey to, to yeah. mainstream. I mean, it is, it is normal garlic that's been cooked for an incredibly long time. Mm. So it's 45, 50 days of cooking. Um, well, and you literally just squeeze and, the, yeah. the, the cloves and they just pop out of the skin. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's the same. Um, so if you're cooking onions really long and slow and they caramelise and go really sweet, all those enzymes that have got the harsh flavours in turn mm. sugar... And then and then it caramelizes and caramelizes and that gets the depth of colour. So it's not out and out harsh it's garlic flavour, which frightens a lot of people. So I have yeah. that for breakfast because it's not going to leave you with no. garlic breath for the rest no, no, no. of the day. I mean, I'm not a great fan of garlic myself, but 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 black yeah. garlic's completely different. Yeah. It's got a, yeah. it's almost if, got um, a. I don't if you know. like the flavour of something like a red onion marmalade and yeah. that, then that to me is that umami. It's got a slightly um, liquid sort of yeah, very nice indeed. We do a smoky one now as well. Mm. Nice. Yeah. We'll do some of that. Um, so how many staff have you got now up there in 26 Cumbria? 26 as of yesterday. Wow. <laughs> Next extra All, all there making yeah. chutneys and... Yeah, hopefully. Food. Well, good call so, out yeah. to the team yeah. up in um, beautiful Cumbria. Thank you. Uh, well done, um, Hawkshead chaps. Um, and what did you think of all this, Sarah? Are you, do you, I mean, with a sort of Indian cooking background, chutneys are, you know... I don't, is that an English thing where we go, oh, well, I'm going to have some Indian food well, and I'll have some <coughs> chutneys with it? Or, or, or well, is when it. When you go in the restaurant, you're always having papadums and exactly. pickles or chutneys. Mm. Um, your West Marland chutney is delicious. Thank you. Um, it's really, really it's nice. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But it reminds me of something that my grandmother used to make, but on a, on a slightly different level. So my grandmother make, used to make this pickle that um, was, is, she's from um, Guyana in the West Indies, and she would make it with the small mangoes, the small green mangoes that were, like, cooked for a long time with um, coriander and garlic and chilies, and it would just cook and cook and cook with all this flavour, but it, there's something in there that reminds me of that. Um, so, yeah, it well, took me back a bit. spices that go into that. That's sort of the taste, yeah. Oh, okay. So Sarah, um, so your background is your your mum's from Guyana, yes, uh, and then your dad's from India, and your husband's from East Bengal, from Bangladesh, yeah, and you've got four children. <laughs> so you've got a real melting pot there of some really interesting. And I'm from Bournemouth. <laughs> you're from Bournemouth. You've got some really interesting sort of influences there. Yes. So how would you describe your, you know, mainstream cooking that that, that you love? So. Um, we have a really good variety of different foods in our house and it can be anything from Indian food, traditional Bangladeshi food, Chinese food. Don't ask how that got in the mix, but <laughs> we do like our Chinese food. And um, uh, and I think it's really important, obviously, for the children growing up in a household to understand different flavours and different foods. So my children are very, very big foodies. <laughs> good. Love to hear it. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a real mix. There so, is, yeah. So, is what's the food from Guyana like? Is there any particular? Um, my favourites um, are the crab curry. Mm. 
uh, which I make with crab claw, and it's cooked with um, lots of garlic, chilli, and coconut milk. Um, so it's got a bit of a kick um, in it, but the coconut milk, which is normally fresh coconut that we use in it, um, it just takes the edge off that kick. But the crab claw, before I cook it, we sort of break it a bit so the flavour goes into the crab. Mm. And it's kind of messy dish to eat, but it is just divine. I, I honestly, your your mouth is watering no, there. I, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a great, my wife's Sri Lankan, and there's a place in, uh, in Colombo called Ministry of Crab, and all they sell is crab. And they serve these enormous, you know, basically you choose your size of crab and it's like, you know, I think Godzilla is the largest one you can get. <laughs> and normally all the crabs went to Singapore, but they've started to keep them and sell them to, you know, people who want to have the real crab experience. And I just think there's nothing better than a crab curry. And I, have, I made one for Christmas last year um, in, uh, in Australia and it was just one of the best, it's like a Singapore style crab curry. I just love I just love crab curry. I'm I'm thinking it I is. need to make one is what I'm thinking. I like, I like crab full stop. And, yeah. and why people order lobster above crab I'm, I'm never quite sure because it doesn't really taste much to me of anything no. um, um, maybe it's too fine for me but like crab is so tasty it's too chunky and you see with the crab it's very difficult to get hold of it so it's almost like um, what kind of crab do you use do you use the green ones or do you use no, the sort of big I use the big ones big ones yeah with the nice big big claws, claws. the greeny ones yeah, yeah. Um, well see we're quite lucky because we're in um, the south of England we've got you know Christchurch they've got the marina we've got pool key where they get the fresh fish as well and um, we get we get it very fresh do you use like, the, the sort of the traditional British yeah do you interesting yes. well you have to use is sustainable what you can get yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, can't, can't go over to Sri Lanka and pick up a... well no because in, <laughs> in the markets you do see if you go to Billingsgate you see all the different kind you know the sort of you know the sort of the green crabs have got the sort of like almost yeah. sort of like fin type thing we don't have that um, sort of luxury of Billingsgate in yeah. Bournemouth we're so limited so we use whatever <laughs> we can get but um, but definitely uh, one of my favourites um, when it comes to sort of Guyanese cuisine would be the crab curry but one of my other favorites is a duck curry um and i cook it on the bone and it's very slow cooked because obviously it's a bit of a tough meat and we cook it for a very long time the whole duck yeah i cut it cut it all and it's all cut in small pieces and we just cut it cook it for a very long time in um lots of garam masala lots of garlic and ginger okay, and, look at all these food and, um, it's so and excited it's, it's a lot like a boona so it's quite a dry you know because i don't i mean people some people like it with a lot of sauce but i personally like it quite dry because it's a lot more pungent and it's got that really flavorsome depth to it and um, not yeah. being taken away by sauce, it's it's, it's, it's a thing itself. It's it's yeah, yeah. and it and it also is the spices that I use, they um, you can still taste the duck. So it's, you know, um, there's a difference with eating. Um, no offense to any restaurants, but there is always a difference with eating in the restaurants where um, some of the parts of the cuisine might be already pre-made. Whereas when you're doing it at home, it's all being made at the same time. Mm. So it's being cooked with sauce. So so what's the curry called? It's a duck. It's a duck. It's called duck curry. It's called duck curry. It's called Sarah's duck curry. Sarah's duck curry. See, duck is a really strong meat and it's got a very strong flavour. So, so what you know, you wouldn't really need a sauce, perhaps, with what you're just describing because it's just so tasty. I think you, you know, with some really lovely, freshly cooked basmati rice, it it works for for me every time. 
So, so in your... I'm going to go, actually. And then, and then just, he's got very excited. Where should we go for lunch? Well, yeah, it's interesting. It's not a million miles away. No. So in your profile, you it says here that you're one of the youngest Asian females to manage an Indian restaurant. What so? What was all about? What's that all about? Yeah. So when I was growing up, I used to run our restaurant in Bridport. So my dad has an Indian restaurant in Bridport, Taj Mahal. So a lot of people know me from from there when I was younger. And I did that for for quite a few years. So how old were you when you sort of started? I think it's illegal to say it. I think I was 15 or something. So how old were you the first night when you went, well, actually, you're doing okay, so I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to leave you to it? Well, what happened was you just get, it's a family business and I've got a very close-knit relationship with my parents being the only daughter and I felt sorry for them, to be honest. I used to just like, just help them out. But it became part of life and... In the restaurant one day, we had somebody who came in from uh, a magazine at the time, which was equivalent to, I don't know, Delicious magazine or something. And they'd come in and say, um, they came in and said to me, you know, how long have you been working here? And, you know, we haven't seen any Asian girls working in the restaurant. I must have been about 18 or 19 at the time. And, um, And it became a bit of a thing. There weren't any Asian women in the restaurants. And, you know, I think about 25 years on, there still aren't any. But you mean <laughs> but front, very front of house or, or even something? It, well, it, at that time, it was very rare to have um, women even in, in the kitchens. Mm. Um, but although that restaurant, where my mum was, my mum was in the kitchen and I was at the front of house. And my dad would be at the front and the back. So he would be helping mm. in between both. So, so why is it? I mean, we've <clears throat> we've been lucky enough to have people like Asma Khan mm. on on the program, and you know Harry Gott and other other people. Why is it that that Asian women haven't before tended to be in the kitchen? Is, is, is it a cultural thing or it's, is it a status thing? I or? think it's it's a bit of both. I think it's almost uh, as though a lot of the restaurant um, men in the restaurant telling from when I was growing up, it was frowned upon to have your wife in the restaurant working or, you know, they shouldn't have to work. They could be at home. But Is that because, um, uh, uh, you know, and, and that's a sort of UK white um, culture as well. You know, I'm the man who earns and therefore I should be providing for the family. And, and it's it's a bit of a slight if my wife's working because I should be providing. It's quite an old-fashioned thing. But, you know, I remember some of oh. my parents, you know, um, friends saying that, you know, well, I'm I'm the provider. That, that That's my role. A, and I don't want my wife working. Really, is, it, is it that? There's a really interesting documentary from um, uh, Akram Khan, the famous dancer, who mm. grew up as, you know, his father ran an Indian restaurant. And he went back to experience, it was a Channel 4 documentary a few weeks ago, experience actually the world of being in those Indian and Pakistani and Bangladeshi restaurants. And actually, one of the things I think we all forget was actually the level of racism that actually lived in those restaurants. And actually, you know, what you need to remember is, and he talked a lot about it, the insults that his father would have to deal with from these, you know, drunk people who came to the local, you know, curry house and were just abusive. And so I wonder if there's also... Well, I think think it's really nice that it's being placed like that by by you guys. But actually, I think it was... um, more like people don't want other guys to look at their wives okay, right, yeah. <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah. When you talk about um, the restaurant and having um, people who are kind of rowdy, we experience that in restaurants. And I think in most restaurants you get that at some point. Indian restaurants tend to get it more later yeah. at night. The later you stay open, the more likely you are to get them. Um, 
when I was working in our restaurant, my dad used to have a habit of closing as soon as he thought it was getting a bit late. He would class 10.30 oh, a bit as Larry. late. Yeah. Starting to get yeah, a bit Larry with closing. He wouldn't, he wouldn't tolerate it. He wouldn't accept it and he wouldn't let um, me accept it. In fact, one of the articles that featured in that magazine, um, Tandoori magazine, it's not available anymore, but years ago, was that um, they interviewed me about dealing with um, louts. Um, that was the word, word. That was the word they had in the magazine. Mm. Yeah. You know, women are better at dealing with louts because we found actually in the restaurant, uh, whenever we had rowdy customers, I was able to deal with them better than the male staff. And I think it's interesting that it's just mm. you know, with men generally, if they're being a bit loud, you found it was the women that could actually. It's call not going to end up in a fight. No. Yeah. And and so, do you do you think there's more women in the in the industry now? Did you? Do you I think there's you... a lot more women in the industry now, and a lot more are coming out because it's not. Uh, women are working now anyway, and I think in the time when it was sort of frowned upon to be in the restaurant, there weren't many women working <coughs> anyway. The of the Asian restaurant owners, yep. um, and I think now you know women are working. Um, it it's, it's, makes sense to be working, you know, the affordability in homes and everything is just so expensive now that people do need to be having more than one stream of income. But I think it's also it's interesting, in this documentary they showed Bangladesh, so as in Brick Lane and all the stuff that was there, and they showed actually how a lot of the people who were still running those restaurants were kind of middle-aged plus, you know, Bangladeshi men, and actually they weren't innovating with the times. And there were a couple of female yeah. owners who were starting to push the boundaries and say, well, look, we need to think about vegan, we need to think about health rates, we need to think about actually a whole lot of stuff and ripping out the decor and making it more friendly. And there's, it, it feels there's sort of stuff going on, and the question was, is it going to happen fast enough to save, actually, Brick Lane? And the theory is probably no, um, that it's been taken over by a whole load of other stuff. But it's, yeah. it's interesting, there's, there's, there's a certain amount of change going on in this world, isn't there? We have, like, the younger people who are coming in now who are coming in with their ideas, and they've all been to, like, business school. They know about branding, marketing, social media, media, and they're with the times, and they know about change and how to innovate it, and they're bringing out new products, and they are ticking the boxes. They're being sustainable, eco, you Mm. know, um, they're doing their research. So we we are going through a, a, a change I think but, but probably you're a hopeful, bit slower than and it's usual. interesting. You're hopeful. <laughs> yes, I'm very hopeful. <laughs> now, now, talking of new products, I, I I know that you've walked out a new product for Ollie. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure it was necessarily for Ollie. I, I think it has more broader broader reach, broader appeal. Yeah, yeah. It's not for you then. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I I thought I'd bring out a, a, a really sexy product. Yeah. And um, I think it's fair to say that with Indian food and spices, it goes through the generations and. Um, you know, centuries back, there was the Kama Sutra and a lot of things uh, related nodding. to love. And I love. lived in India. I understand the cultural <laughs> the context. Yeah, you know, I mean, okay. you go around the temples and you see all this stuff. I mean, it's you know, it is part of Indian culture. It is, and so I'm bringing out a range of products, and it's all to do with different parts of people's life. So, for example. We have, um, I'm going to have a product for uh, women who are pregnant, but they're finding it difficult to get the baby moving, to sort of induce the baby. So that's one of the products. Which curry is, we always talk about curry yes. as being Okay, one of so, so I was three three weeks overdue with my second child, and, and, and people are going, well, there's a couple of things you should do, and one of them is eat curry. That'll, <laughs> that'll get it going. I know um, what the other one was. No, yeah, <laughs> probably can't say that on. Um, really spicy curry. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, but but, but there, yeah. 
But there was a real thing about you, somehow... You've taken the heat off me very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but there was something about, you know, a, well, a curry might help. Now, I don't know what that is based on. I mean, I don't know, but... So, um, I think that works for, for people who don't eat hot food. So, okay. if you so eat really spicy food anyway, and if you yeah. have a hot curry, it really doesn't do anything, but it probably give you a bad stomach. Yeah. But, um, but there's something... It's not irritating the baby. Yeah. It's, it's like, probably... get stuff in the system that's going to make them go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. This is rubbish. Yeah, exactly. And then I've got another product that is for women who have just had a baby. Yeah. And I'm aiming it at not necessarily... Or childcare. No, not necessarily just childcare. Just these two products because um, I've been there. I've got I've got four children and I know what it's like and I know what my grandmother gave me um, to have after I had, you know, my children. Which was? Turmeric and milk okay. is yeah. a really good... Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are going to be other products, but um, turmeric and milk is a really good healer um, on the inside. As you all know, turmeric's got so many health benefits, but you have to boil the milk for a very, very long time with turmeric. And I'm not going to lie, people, it is foul, but it heals. Yeah. And it also, um, sorry, Ollie, but it does actually bring the milk in as well yeah. uh, when women are brought to breastfeed. So um, it's got a lot of health benefits in, in these products if they're done the right way. So... I'm developing those, and also one for sort of skincare, uh, one for but people all with tiredness. They're uh, all oh, spices, sorry. Indian based, curry. Indian based yep. spices. Um, but my um, flagship, sexy flagship, your flagship, it's my Viagra curry to improve um, relationships, I suppose. Well, it's after that someone's been to the football and what you know, watched their team Come. lose, had sixteen pints. You yeah, can don't give them have a the Viagra, curry outdoor. <laughs> Come home and curry. have the curry. And then everything's going to be okay. Yeah, of course. Do you, do you think this is the solution to sort of, you know, you know heal, healing in relationships? <laughs> I think I think it could be. I think I think I there's have, no reason mm. why it couldn't be. Um, like I said, there's a lot of planning and development and research. Oh, is volunteering. It, 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 <laughs> I, I was looking at info. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in infographics at the moment. I was looking at a brilliant infographic the other day, which compared the reasons that men leave marriages to women leave marriages. And men leave marriages because they're not having enough sex. And women leave marriages because the husband's been unfaithful. You're like, right, okay, those two are. Anyway. Yeah. So there you go. What, I think the curry what, could what be a solver. What men don't understand is, 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 is that women, it's not that women don't like sex, it's that they don't like sex with, with their, their husbands. husbands. <laughs> 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 That's what it is. And, and, a, and, a, and a curry and with Viagra is better. Yeah, not... <laughs> So we're so at the moment. Um, my... Can you imagine that? I'm sorry to cut across no, you, there, Sarah. Can you imagine that? Like you're not particularly getting on well anyway, and then then you know somebody says, "Don't worry, I've got one of Sarah's curries. I'll eat that curry, and then everything will be all right." Love. It's going to be fine. <laughs> well, you've got to say you have to give everything the last shot, haven't but, you? Really? But you know what could be a really good thing is this could be a great <laughs> a great product to give our future prime minister when he goes to see Donald Trump on the first visit. <laughs> Why? I don't understand that joke. Do you, haven't, you haven't seen video? No. no, no. I've seen that video. Yeah. Or, or, or at least... No, 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 let's not go there. No. Let's keep... Let's keep you said you, you did give... There was a health warning at the beginning of this thing, which was... We haven't said any rude words, though. No, we, we haven't. I don't oh, think we've no. said anything rude. No, no. We're trying to... Um... It's interesting because it's, it's not... Actually, there's a whole load of stuff going on at the moment about um, cannabis oil and how that's really yeah. a massive growing ingredient. But interestingly, Viagra as an ingredient has really not... 
So what do you do? Left. Buy Viagra tablets and then like just like no. smash them up and then put some in? No. How does it work then? It's much more natural. We don't put any Viagra in it. Right. We create, um, it's just uh, Indian spices. So I don't know if you know, there are certain things that we have during um, the Indian weddings. You'll see the certain traditions and rituals that we use. There are a certain little build-up to the wedding night. So for example, um, just as they take their wedding vows, they're given a little glass of milk with honey. So don't think people know, but that's actually an aphrodisiac. So everyone can go home if and try just, that tonight. If you're just about to get married, you probably don't need an aphrodisiac, I'm just guessing. Well, you have to remember these were arranged marriages, right, so they yeah, probably true. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the look of him. I need some honey. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not sure the honey's going to fix it. No, <laughs> I don't think so. But so actually, when you say it's Viagra, it's not actual Viagra, it's aphrodisiac it's Indian aphrodisiac. ingredients okay. and it's yeah. things like we're using well, Viagra as a shorthand we're using that as a, as a shorthand so yeah. people but that's not an aphrodisiac is. is it that's like to help you it's not like no, to I make understand. you amorous it's, it's got a physical benefit <laughs> as opposed to just making you amorous I'm loving your your, your, sort of, your body so, your yeah, body I'm really movements. enjoying the way you're trying to sort of like you know because as you would say to me we're on radio yeah so so we need to use words to, to explain <laughs> so, but, but this isn't about say this isn't about sort I of, know what you're saying yeah so, so it's a bit more medical than that isn't it well what we're working on right now just cutting that short a bit. Um, what we're working on right now is I've got the actual product. It's the... Oh, please don't give it to Ollie, please. No, I've got the product, but what I'm working on at the moment is the packaging and that kind God. of thing. So if anybody... What, novelty would... shapes? Uh, no, not novelty shapes. That would be really, really... Um, bad. Carry like, on. Really bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think more, I think more like um, medical help box type stuff, really. But it's more to do with health. It's more to do with spices and to do with authenticity. Yeah, um, functional health and yeah, food. And it's just going in um, to sort of hit target the Asian market with a slightly different angle that probably hasn't been approached before. Do you think that's been approached before, Holly? I, I, I can't speak for the Asian market specifically, but functional products and wellness and things, they're all yeah going great guns at the moment. So I think I'm really intrigued by it. I'm sending you. Over. <laughs> I'm sending it over to you as soon as it's done. Please. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it's a spice you're making rather than a ready meal. Is, is what it's it's not a ready meal. It's a spice pack. So people have to make it, and that is part of the process of it. It's you know to to make this together and yeah. That's brilliant. So we'll move on now. And um, thank you, you, Sarah. Where are you from here? I mean, you just got to cut and run, haven't you? Yeah. Um, well, um, you were also <laughs> winner. <laughs> of the uh, uh, Influential Woman of the Year and Inspirational Woman of the Year Venus Awards. Well, that <laughs> probably um, says it. Uh, in Dorset, which is where, where your, your home thing is. I won the, I won but you the are, national But you're pretty influential in, in your you. area. So so I think, I think your new product development is going to create quite a bit of interest, I think. I hope it is. Especially locally. I really appreciate being on this show, actually, because it's, it's, it's the first time I've spoken about this to anybody uh, publicly. And I really like the response, if I'm honest. <laughs> what? Hilarity, confusion, <laughs> stumbling words. Stupid jokes. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in all seriousness, I think I think the functional health, as Holly said, is a really, you know, we're seeing more and more trends in terms of that. Returning to 
which, which, which is very strong in Indian culture and all sorts of other cultures, returning to things where, well, my grandmother would mix this up to make you better, you know, which, which is a food or a spice or something, as opposed to let, let me open the medicine cabinet and find a tablet. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a huge, it's a huge area. And I do think younger people are, are, are turning to that in particular. Um, so anything in terms of health, even though it be this to some degree, it's got to be interesting and, and, and um, an area that... that that is just growing, I think. You seen, odd, you've seen one, that in your research. But, it, but it's an odd one, isn't it? Because on one level, you sort of, some of this stuff becomes like an uber fad, mm. right? You know, it catches the imagination of people and suddenly like turmeric is done, like everyone, you know, you know, it talks about turmeric. Um, be interesting to see actually how much the sales of turmeric have actually gone up as a raw ingredient and also how much actually, you know, it's just about turmeric in things or because a lot of that stuff is just trace, you know. you oh, just there's put, nothing there. There's nothing there. Oh. And it's the curcumin that counts, not the not the, the you know curcumin, not the turmeric, and some of it's just dust. No, exactly, it's not particularly good. So I think it's, I think it's a very complicated. We talk yeah. about functional health, but it's I think it's obviously something that the brands are riding. But how much of an impact is creating it? How much mindfulness is going into what people are eating? I still think, I still think it's a very emerging space. Well, I'm seeing quite a lot of um, guests on the show as well who are saying, I've developed this drink, which is for your heart. I've developed yeah, this, yeah. which is for liver function. I, yeah. you know, mm. We've seen quite a lot of new product development mm. around solving very specific med yeah. medical issues. One of the things that I'm quite proud of with the product that I'm using is that um, it's being sourced directly from India because what we find over here is that... Um, the spices that come over in the really big wholesale packs are all packaged in plastic. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think people really fully understand that what kind of impact that has on the spice itself because it's being housed in plastic, probably in the not in the right conditions because as in India where it's from, it's in heat, it's in normally jute-type bags, it's breathable, um, it's stored differently. Um, how old it is as well. Exactly, it? how long has it been on the shelf for? So going and getting it directly. And um, My dad has a, a place in Goa very close to a spice farm so we that's you know where we're getting our products raw from directly from where we can see it what's going on with it so we know the type of products that we're getting are the finest quality and, which uh, is but that's like maria yeah. it's taking control Absolutely. you know as long along the chain as you possibly can to make sure the quality is how you want it yeah but it also means you get to go on holiday i was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say there's nothing wrong with spending a bit of time at pan gym you know, exactly I, mean. yeah. I think well, um sorry I was going to say, thank you, Sarah, for joining us, but, but no, do, do carry on. This final point from, from me, <laughs> just in terms of the kind of longevity of these movements, I think wellness is a thing, functionality is a thing, but when it's partnered up with convenience, so if you're doing those packs, that's perfect, and you know these kind of on-the-go beauty drinks, mm. because they're partnered up with convenience, it works really well, and with the traceability of the ingredients as well, you've got a good combination of, of kind of trending things in there. That are so, all colliding together yeah, at once, merging but, together. I mean, we've spoken about the products that I'm sort of working on, the sort of flagship products, but there is another, uh, you know, one product that I'm doing that is all of the Indian spices uh, you sort of measured and created to make one spice so that every time you go to cook a curry, you don't have to go and buy six, seven different mm. packets of spice that you leave in your cupboard that you probably won't use after cooking it once. And it's all been measured up and spice. This has been done with me and my mum together, which has been a really, really fantastic project to work on because I've been told many times to just shut up and um, behave yourself, girl. So it's like, oh, okay, mum. So it's been a very, very authentic journey in terms of a mum working with a daughter 
and also bringing together something that I think is much needed because when I cook at home, I don't have, you know, five or six different things. It's already, we've already measured it for the use in curry. So it would make life much easier for people who are having a very busy lifestyle. That's all good. Um, just a final word from you, Maria, listening to all that. That wasn't what you expected when you came into the studio, um, was it? Not, not really, no. But I think this, this, it's interesting as well that, um, you know, there's a fine line, isn't there, between um, making something that is a gimmick um, to, to hit the market or something that, that is genuine. And there's, there's a lot of um, false products out there mm. at the moment. And so it, it's really gratifying to hear that, you know, you're, you're making a product that you're researching and you, you stand behind and it's not just jumping onto a bandwagon. Mm. And I think that's really important. I think it's incumbent on us to make sure we read labels really carefully these days. Yeah. And, and, and that's from somebody who's been in business for 20 that's years. Really... And that's a pretty, you know, in the food <laughs> business, that, 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 that's quite an achievement. So um, Sarah Ali Chowdhury, um, thank you very much. Uh, we've got some information about you on the website. Um, so if you want to find out more about Sarah and, and probably track and find out when she's launching her Viagra curry, um, then please go onto the website. And Maria Whitehead, um, long-loved Hawkshead relish. I'm so pleased you've been on the programme. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting uh, It was great having my Westmoreland chutney that I've forgotten I haven't bought for ages. But black garlic um, ketchup, yeah, that's a bit of a revelation. A real revelation. Mm. And your stuff lovely. is available, obviously not all of us are up in your part of the world all the time. So a lot of this stuff is available, I'm assuming, online. Yep. And... So um, we just launched a new website. Uh, we sell on Amazon. We don't sell to any of the major supermarkets. Um, but we've got stockists all around the country. So if you go onto the website, put your postcode in It'll tell you where your nearest is. Brilliant. And give a try to Hawkshead Relish and another call out to all those lovely people up there in Cumbria. So you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. We managed to get through that okay, Ollie? Syndicated radio stations across the UK and further afield. We didn't swear or anything. Um, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd, who is founder of Great British Chefs. Thanks, Ollie. You're welcome. That was good fun. That was good fun. And um, thank you, Holly Shackleton. Thank you. Editor of Speciality Food Magazine. Um, we've, got our, um, we've got our awards soon, haven't we? We have. So October. So we, uh, the deadline's all closed and we've got all loads of people who've entered. But mm-hmm. um, we're, we're really looking forward to judging that. We've had hundreds yeah. and hundreds and hundreds of entries. We have plenty so, to sift through. Very, very excited Great about stuff. that. We'll obviously let you know far more about that nearer the time. Um, and if you uh, know anybody doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, just like Sarah, or maybe not quite like Sarah, please get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. And if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.